Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter here for a Thanksgiving episode, right? Where he's sitting here. I'm taping this on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. The Giants have a meaningful Thanksgiving weekend game, right? Against the Cincinnati Bengals. Huge favorites, actually. Five and a half point favorites for the Giants over the Bengals, who are now without Joe Burrow, who uh, had his knee shredded on Sunday in a loss to the Giants coming off a of bye week, of course. And we're going to do a, an episode here where we're going to talk about what everybody's thankful for, right? What the Giants should be thankful for here in this 2020 season. And uh, I'll also throw in what, I, what I'm thankful for, because trust me, I know a lot of people about, out there, especially on Twitter, have been getting on me. They, they, they think I'm above everybody else. Trust me, I know how lucky I am. I am extremely thankful for everything I have. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I cover football for a living, okay? I, and I know what that is. Like, there are worse things to do in life than cover football for a living. So I am very thankful for that. But we'll get to that later, and I'll go over with the comments I made on Twitter. They got it. A lot of people, you know, their panties in a bunch. But anyway, let's go over what the Giants should be thankful for this year at Thanksgiving, right? Remember, they're 3-7. and seven. But realistically, they have a really good shot to win the division. Like a real shot to win the division. The Eagles lost again. They're a mess. We'll get to that in a second. So the reason the Giants are in this division at three and seven, like think about it. If one team is having a good year in division, they're seven and three, the Giants season is basically over, right? I mean, it is over. I mean, they have no chance if, if one team is having a decent season in a seven, three, but the, since the whole division stinks, they're in it. And it's hard to even make a case for any of these other teams, right? I mean, the Eagles have been that bad. So let's go over one for one. So the Giants are thankful for playing in the NFC East. That's first. First and foremost, the fact that we have a meaningful Thanksgiving game is because they're playing the NFCs. Let's start at the bottom. So you get the Cowboys and Washington. You get the Cowboys. Look, their defense, terrible. They had a good win against against the uh, Minnesota Vikings this past weekend, but that is a that's a bad Dallas defense. Okay, uh, Andy Dalton's their quarterback. They got a redheaded quarterback right there. That's a red flag for me. They got Jerry Jones as their owner. You know, a questionable roster, characters on their ro- up and down the roster. This is kind of why things fall apart sometimes for the Cowboys, or naturally all the time. So the Cowboys, who have the easiest schedule in the division coming up later this year to finish the season, right? You say, okay, they, they have a chance. They, they, you know, they can win this division. But they're the Cowboys. We know they're the Cowboys. They're not that good. They're going to blow it. They're going to choke. They're going to they're gonna be in it probably till like week 17. They're going to play the Giants. They're going to have everything on the line, and they'll go out there and lay a complete, complete complete egg. We could all see that, right? I mean, we could see it. So there's the Cowboys. Then you have Washington. Great story. You want to root for Washington? I get it. Alex Smith is just an amazing story. Ten gazillion surgeries, coming back. He's now the starter. First two guys get injured. There's not, you know, Washington, you want to root for Washington? Ron Rivera, known to be generally well-liked, good guy. A lot of good things for Washington. You want to root for them? They're like the you know the the feel good story. But their quarterback's leg is held together by a piece of string. He's not the same quarterback he once was. Scary Terry's a beast. Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. But the rest of the offense, their weapons, terrible. So do we really think Washington can win the division? They couldn't even beat the Giants. They lost twice to the Giants already. So those are two losses in the division they have. So 
I'm not. I I don't see Washington putting it together and putting together this great run. Sorry, just don't. And then you got the Eagles. I mean, they look sickly. Carson Wentz leads the NFL right now in interceptions, fumbles, and turnovers. Okay, you know what that means? That's a trifecta for losing. That's where the Eagles are. The Eagles are not very good right now. They have the most talent, but they got a tough schedule. I mean, Seattle this week. Uh, their next few games are really tough. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I think they they play Arizona. I think it's Arizona as one, as one of their games. I mean, tough schedule. Green Bay. So Eagles. Anyone see them putting it together? They're three, four. They're, sorry, they're four, five, and one. I'm sorry, three, three, six, and one. Three, six, and one. Half a game ahead of everybody else. Do they have three wins on their schedule right now? I don't know. They close with, I believe, Dallas and Washington, which are winnable games, but they have to upset someone first and then beat win both those games. I'm not sure they could do it. So can the Giants now go three and three? Beat Cincinnati this week, which they should. They're big favorites, I said. You beat Dallas in week 17, and you got to win one game against a winning team this year. Can you win one game against a winning team? It'll probably get you to the playoffs. So th- very thankful the Giants should be for being in the NFC East. They should also be very thankful, and I think this is a big picture thing, and this probably should be number one on the list. I didn't do this in any particular order, but if you're talking about the franchise, number one thing this franchise should be thankful for is that they have Joe Judge and even Patrick Graham to a degree. Right, and They come kind of come together, Patrick Graham's his defensive coordinator, that this team is finally seems to be headed in the right direction. They're not short-sighted, short-sighted for the first time in forever. They're looking at the big picture. Everything Joe Judge does right now is really big picture. And think about it. All these things he's doing, big picture. He's even saying, the standings are irrelevant. That's how what he thinks or how important he thinks it is right now to make the playoffs. They, more importantly is that this team is growing, getting better, and building for the future. That is what you should be most thankful for as a Giant fan. And now here, I'm going to do something that everybody's going to be really surprised about because they think I absolutely despise and hate Dave Gettleman. But no, I'm going to give him credit for this. This is the best thing. If Let's say Dave Gettleman is fired at the end of the season. The one thing he did that he let, or the two things, really, it's a, it's a combo package. What he left behind, this is the best thing he left behind. He left behind... James Bradbury and Blake Martinez, the two biggest free agent signings this offseason. That is his biggest contribution to the future of the Giants. Because to be honest with you, I don't know if Daniel Jones is the goods yet, right? Saquon Barkley, look, he was the number two overall pick. He's been injured. He hasn't even been, you know, really lived up to what you expected in regards to production. So the best thing that Dave Gettleman has done and potentially left behind, not probably not going to be fired, but anyway, the best thing he's done to this point was sign these two guys in free agency this year. Blake Martinez is a tackling machine, a really quality middle linebacker leader, the kind of player the Giants needed in the middle of the defense to kind of settle that defense down. And then James Bradbury, good, quality, solid number one cornerback. Is he a star? No. Is he the best corner in the league? No. Can you put him on the top receivers and say shut them down one-on-one the entire time? Probably not your, what you want to do if you were going up against uh, – you know, a healthy Mike Thomas or top of top of his game, Julio Jones. I mean, we're not talking Darrell Revis in his prime, but we're talking a really, really solid, good player. And those guys are going to be here for years to come. Now, remember, we said this, what, 2016, the Giants signed all those guys in free agency. You got Snacks, Janaris Jenkins, 
uh, Olivier Vernon, and year one was great, and then it fell apart after that. So who knows with free agents how it goes, but these two signings, Giants should be thankful for. These were good, solid signings. Who knows how much Joe Judge contributed? I know he did, but I'm going to give the credit on this one because he's the general manager. He's ultimately a final say on personnel decisions. Dave Gettleman, best contribution you made to the Giants as general manager. You're leaving behind those two guys. Dyer Slayton also was a great pick, uh, you know, fifth round, whatever. Aside from that, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of questionable moves. But those two, Bradbury and, Mar- and Martinez, solid, solid. Now I'll give you real quickly what I'm thankful for. And, you know, my family, I have two healthy kids, all that, 100%. The fact that I'm alive, healthy, I mean, Prayers out, by the way, Marcus Paul, former Giants assistant strength and conditioning coach. Uh, Let's hope for a miracle there. He's uh, with the Cowboys. He had a medical emergency the other day, and let's just just hope that something great happens there. Now, I'm thankful for the fact that I'm in good health, my family's in good health, and that I get to come here every day, and my job is to cover football. And I know, trust me, I know how lucky I am. I know how lucky I am. And it didn't happen by accident, though. Like, I grinded my way up from the bottom. I didn't come from, you know, Columbia Journalism School, get this big job. No, no. I was the guy sitting at the Doylestown Intelligencer, which, by the way, is where Joe Judge is from, that town of Doylestown, answering phones and putting in, you know, taking gymnastics results or swimming results on the phone and logging them so that they made the newspaper. Like, that's where I was. I was writing, learned to write at a place called the Sports Network in Hatboro, Pennsylvania. You know, I mean, I was, I started and I grinded my way up just like everybody else. So we'll get to it in a few minutes, all these people who think that I think I'm better than the little people. No, I am, I am the little people. I am the guys out there grinding and trying to produce, that was trying to, I still am trying to produce good content. So I am grateful that I have this job, that I worked my way into this position, that I have to, I get to cover the Giants. I get to cover football for a living. How lucky do you have to be to do that? I know. I got lucky along the way. Absolutely. Also worked my butt off, but for sure. But yeah, this is a great job. There's, you know, this is, they always say that the sports section is, you know, the toy section in a newsroom. And absolutely. Like this job is, this isn't a serious job. This isn't life or death. This is fun and games. This is the entertainment business. I'm so thankful that I get to do this for a living. And I never take that for granted. Now, does that doesn't mean we don't all have bad days. Trust me, everyone has bad days. Some Sundays, yeah. When my computer crashed on me at the end of the Eagles-Giants game and I lost half my story, you know, I was the happiest person in the world saying, yeah, hey, I love being a sports reporter watching the Giant game. No, I was like, yeah, everyone else at work when things go wrong. I was ticked off. And some days, they don't go so well. But trust me, very, very thankful to have this job, to be able to sit here and talk to you, the fans, and try and entertain you about the New York Giants because this is not life and death. This is fun and games. So I hope I'm able to do that. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Ah, yes, it's that portion of this episode where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in Giants After Dark. We start with question number one. We got NFL Alec Young says, out of Seattle, Arizona, and Baltimore games, which do you think the Giants have the best chance of walking away with a big upset? Yeah, and like as I mentioned before, it's going to be integral for the Giants. They're going to have to win one of these games, right? Uh, You could throw Cleveland in there, too, uh, in regards to, okay, four games winning teams. Going to have to beat one of the winning teams. Can they do it? And then win the two games they're supposed to. Can they do it? So you say Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore. I'll throw in Cleveland, too. Now, I'm going to say it's Cleveland and Baltimore. And for this reason, I think matchup-wise, if you think about it, the giant strength of this team is the defensive line, right? They're good. They can stop the run. So you're talking about Baltimore and Cleveland. Those teams cannot throw the ball around and exploit problems in their secondary, that second cornerback spot, uh, the middle of the field. That's where the, that's where the slot, that's where you could dominate the Giants. Like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf against Darnay Holmes, not a matchup the Giants want. So I don't think it's Seattle, Arizona. I think it's Baltimore or even Cleveland because those are the teams that the Giants match up best with. Get a team that can run the ball, uh, you know, win those 20, uh, 23-21 type game because I don't think the Giants offensively, I mean, what have they shown us so far that they can win a shootout with a team like Seattle, Arizona that are going to put points on the board, right? Seattle, Arizona are going to put 28, 30-plus points on the board, something like that. And you know the Giants are still – there's only two teams in the NFL that have scored fewer points than the Giants. Number one is the – the worst is the Jets, obviously. Their offense is brutal. Number two is the Bears. And then the, there's the Giants. So for them to win shootout, I just don't see it. Question number two at CMO2 underscore says, regardless how the Giants season ends, do you believe Daniel Jones has showed enough to become the franchise, the quarterback of the franchise for years to come? Look, I, I'm not off Daniel Jones and saying he can't be that guy. Like You see enough where you have hope, and I've, I've really never come off that. I mean, I was getting tired of the turnovers at one point, and um, I still think it's a problem. Right. I mean, look at look at the resume, but I don't know how you can look at the Giants so far. Look at Daniel Jones and look at the results and say 100 percent you're convinced he's the future franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't know. You're you're just being uh, eternal optimist. If you can if you could say that now, I mean, he there's still I mean, he has eight touchdown passes in in what? Ten games. You you know how many quarterbacks are going to throw for 30, 40 touchdowns this year? He's eight. I mean, Justin Herbert's playing with an offensive line that's just a bunch of jabronis. I mean, the guy's going to have 30-plus touchdowns and not even start every game. Now, granted, his weapons are good, but you did, you, I think you get my point, is that the jury's still out. That's my opinion on Daniel Jones. I don't know how you could say otherwise. Like, I don't know how you could say definitively one way or the other. So, at Alwyn135, A-W-E-N, says, haven't seen any bad snaps on field goals this year. Is Kreider that much better than Diasi, or is this a Joe Judge thing? I don't think you give Joe Judge credit on this one. Uh, it was over for Zach Diasi. The snaps were bad. I do think that Kreider has proven to be a huge upgrade uh, this year. I mean, there was a time where Zach Diasi was a, was a Pro Bowl, really good, great long snapper, but 
uh, that time had passed in recent years. So, yeah, Kreider has been really solid. One of those under-the-radar guys you have to give credit for. He's done his job. You haven't seen any problems in regards to uh, the process that goes on with field goals, punts. Uh, so kudos to him. Here, Fishy says, if you could undo one move Gettleman has made in the last three years that would impact the current team for the better, what would it be and why? To me, it's really rolling back Eli Manning a couple of years ago and saying, oh, remember that Philadelphia game he played well in, uh, what was it, 2017? Giants had just gone in 3-13. and 13. And the reason I say that, and it really has nothing to do with Eli Manning, it has to do with where the Giants are as a team. They, If they had started to rebuild earlier rather than slap it together that year, then they would be further along right now, and we wouldn't be sitting here, and they're going to go, let's say, 6-10 and 10 this year. We're be probably being generous saying they're going to go 6-10, and 10, and we're looking at it as a good season. You would hope that they would be further along at this point, uh, what, three years, three seasons later, but because they went back with Eli Manning, that made them draft Saquon Barkley. They said, oh, we need to, if we get him a running, a star running back to take the pressure off him, if we get him a veteran left tackle like Nate Solder, uh, if we bring in a veteran middle linebacker like Alec Ogletree and a veteran uh, guard like Patrick Omame. I mean, come on, think about it. These are, these are pff, bad moves, bad moves for the direction of the franchise. None of these guys are even on the team anymore. William Gay? I mean, William Gay was done. They were they were signing older guys. It was just it was just a terrible direction. So that would be my move. Uh, at Matt, this is Matthew Mayo at Matthew, and then a bunch of numbers six eight zero one six two seven nine. Do you think McKinney, that's Xavier McKinney, rookie second round pick, takes snaps away from Love, Julian Love, or will this move Logan Ryan more to cornerback? Who loses snaps as Zimenez returns? William Sheard or the young guys who are already struggling to get on the field? I'm assuming Frackwell is safe. Yeah, fair questions. First of all, as we sit here on Wednesday, I haven't seen practice at all yet. Uh, McKinney and, and Zimenez are supposed to be back at practice. I think Zimenez has a, a strong, really strong shot to be back this week. Remember, he wasn't on IR all year. and McKinney has been. He had surgery. So he hasn't practiced in forever. This is McKinney's first – on this Wednesday, this will be McKinney's first practice in forever. So I, as of right now, and this is a, uh, you know, uh, this isn't this isn't just a total guess. This is a opinionated guesstimate. Is that McKinney won't play this week? He won't be back this week against Cincinnati. Think next week, more likely. Zimenez better shot to be back this week against Cincinnati. So McKinney, yes, I think he takes Julian Love snaps. Julian Love, look, remember, the Giants already have taken him out of the rotation several times. He's only back in because they keep. Losing guys. I mean, he had lost snaps to other guys already. Montre Hardage and uh, uh, Adrian Colbert. I mean, he's the Giants don't want to have Julian Love on the field. They would prefer not to. So McKinney's going to take that, and he hasn't played football. Remember, he got injured in the summer, had serious surgery. So now he's been out for months and months, hasn't practiced. He's not coming back and starting and playing 60 snaps. I just don't see that right now. He's a rookie who's still going to have to learn on the fly I see him in that third safety role. I think that's realistic for him. And so Julian Love will get pushed out. Logan Ryan will stay in that starting role. And uh, the Giants will make do at that second cornerback spot. As for the Zimenez, uh, yeah, I think he'll take the snaps of Williams and Shear. The young guys have already had trouble getting on the field. We're not even seeing them play. So, Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. 
Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. At Mr. Tree Amigos asks, Jordan, it appears really difficult to get through judges' cold exterior and deadpan style as your job relies on garnering, garnering kernels of truth in between the lines. What's your overall impression of his style, uh, ability, and do you see it having staying power in New York City? Here's what I'll say about Joe Judge. I think you have this wrong. Uh, Joe Judge, I don't see him having a cold exterior. I see him being serious, but I don't view it as being cold, right? Shermer and McAdoo at times were cold. Joe Judge is doing it in a serious but nice way. And on top of that, and I will say this, he has been surprisingly honest. We thought, and I think everybody thought this, he comes from Belichick. He's not going to give you anything. He's going to stonewall you on everything, injuries, blah, 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 this and that. He has been way more open than expected and way more truthful than expected. I'm actually at the point right now where I'm asking him stuff where I never thought I would ask him because I don't even, I think he might even be honest and open about this kind of stuff. So, and yes, this does have staying power because to me, this is real. It's way more real than it was the fakeness that was there before. You know, before it was like a show and everybody's playing games. Look, look. A lot of times I I ask questions in regards to what's going on or whatever. I already know the answers to. I kind of I'm kind of poking the coach, testing the coach to see how much they're willing to tell us, and maybe they'll give you a little kernels, and then I pick pick the little kernel that I know is true. And I, and this look, this is the same with Joe Judge. So I'm asking him questions. Sometimes I know the answer to, but you just want to see how he explains it publicly. And he's been way more honest than we expected, than I expected at least. I can't speak for anyone else. Uh, Instagram, we got Patrick Kelleher. He asked, Jordan, what do you think of the chances of us using Jabril, Jabril Peppers in the wildcat at all? I've said it since the beginning of the year, even just one or two plays a game at wildcat could add another dimension to this offense. Did it a lot at Michigan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the wildcat. I rather have my quarterback in the game, but I do think seeing Jabril Peppers there is not crazy. Now, I don't think you're going to see it one or two times a game. You might see it one or two times this season. Now, I haven't seen anything that indicated that it's on the way. Uh, I, I could say that. But I do think it's an intriguing option, especially considering, yeah, he is a dangerous weapon. He's not a – I look the way I look at Jabril Peppers, he's not a great football player. Jabril Peppers is a great athlete. And you can see that at times with the splash plays he makes on defense. He he You, you see him run and make plays. You're like, wow, you know, this guy should be awesome. And now I don't think he has the instincts to be an all-pro, pro-ball player, but – he has the athleticism to be a stud. So you can use that in spurts on offense as well. So Aiden Link from Instagram says, weird question, but I wanted to possibly hear your guess. Say the Giants finish 6-10 and 10 and somehow sneak into the playoffs. What percent chance does Gettleman have to return next year? 95? I mean, they make the playoffs. I already think his chances are going to be high. The goal with Joe, with, with uh John Mara explained what they were trying, you know, what they would consider a successful season. And now I don't think anybody was thinking about the division was going to be this bad. 
but they'll be able to twist this into thinking, you know, saying, hey, you know, we played meaningful games in December down the stretch near the end of the season. We're moving in the right direction. So there'll be enough excuses there to be made to say, yeah, we should keep Dave Gettleman, even though the reality is we're still probably looking at a five or six win team. And in three years, let's say he gets six. So in three years, we're looking at six, five, and four wins. You're looking at 15 wins in three years. I mean, 15 wins in three years. But look, this organization is going to, in my opinion, would look for reasons at that point to say, hey, let's stick with this. Let's keep going in the right direction. We're moving in the right direction. So uh, Big Blue on Twitter, one of my uh, ultimate trolls. I'm going to address. I'll, 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 uh, I, I say I'm open to everyone's questions. So, hey. Even though you you say all kinds of ridiculous things to me, I will address it here. How does it feel knowing ninety four percent of the fan base of the team you spend your life covering thinks you're a low life piece of, and then there's a dog and a poop emoji. All right, now look, my job isn't to make the fan base like me, like me. My job is to make sure I do what my boss is and my company believes is a good job. All right. Now, if I hurt your feelings along the way, I guess that's part of the deal. I have to accept it now. Just because he, he, you know, this guy and, and a lot of people out there, you know, or at least I shouldn't say a lot, but the, the, some of the voc- vocal people on Twitter, they don't represent the greater uh, population of fans or even readers. Like, they do not. That's reality. Now, did I make some people upset? Absolutely, with some comments I made. I'll address that in a few minutes. But look, this is part of the job. And you learn it really early. I mean, you should see the amount of comments telling me I suck. You know, go, you know, take care of myself, fire myself. Uh, You know, you're a terrible person. Like these, that's, unfortunately, that's part of the job. I mean, think about if I get this, what the players get on a regular basis when things go wrong on the field. It's ridiculous. I mean, that this is, I I saw a player say it recently. Like there's so many tough, tough guys on social media these days that could say whatever they want without recourse. And it's very true. It's very true. And that's the thing is, and I, and I'm big into this. If I have to say something critical about players, I'm very critical. It is my job. And I take great pride in this, that I'm going to go and stand in front of them the next day. You know, I'm not going to be critical of a player and then go hide, which people can do on social media. Uh, you know, make you know, say say something to me personally, and then just go uh, hide behind their avatar. When I say something, first of all, I try I I try not to, and I really think I do do this ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I don't get personal, especially with players. Like I, this is this is a job. I'm critical of, of maybe the way they act or uh, what they do on the field, but I don't get into personal life kind of stuff. I really try not to, unless it affects football. That's like my rule on that. So, and if if it upsets them, that's fine. Trust me. I know there's plenty of players that don't like me. I also know there are plenty of players that do like me. And in regards to Giants fan base people like me, look, I have enough friends. I know, you know, if you if you know me, I think you know what kind of person I am. Like I'll do I'll do anything for the people that I love and trust. I go out of my way for the people I love and trust. Now, if you don't know me and you're making a judgment off some like Twitter comment about what kind of person I am, that's you. That's on you. That's not my problem. So if you don't like me for that reason, that's fine. I'm trying to do my job here. Some people think I'm super negative. 
yeah, they was the Giants have been an awful, terrible team for the last three years, like the single worst team in the NFL. Okay, so yeah, I've been negative. I've been negative for most of the time I've been here because they've been a losing team for most of the time that I've been here. When there's reason for optimism, trust me, I'll be optimistic. You hear me talk about Joe Judge? I'm very optimistic. Have you ever heard me talk about Saquon Barkley and the kind of player he is? Super optimistic. So appreciate the comments. Appreciate the questions from everybody. Uh, we'll do this again soon, I promise. As always, you can send me a question on anything. I'll do my best. I'll at least look at it. And I, I try to not rule out anything. Like, you have to keep it clean. But I try to be open to answering any question. And I really mean that. Look, you look at the number of people I blocked. You know what the number is on any social media? The number of people that I blocked is zero. Zero. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's wrap this episode up with a little Jordan on the beat. I'll give you a prediction and we'll get out of here. Everyone will go enjoy their Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend. Black Friday, another made-up ridiculous holiday that we have in America. Put it right up there with Valentine's Day of uh, ways corporations can profit profit off off us schlubs out here uh, who are willing to spend our good money uh, thinking we're getting these great Black Friday deals, but hey, I'm a sucker just like everybody else out there. Uh, first, let me address, I'll give you the Jordan on a beat. This is the, the portion of the episode where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, cover the NFL in general. Now, I, uh, I'll, I'll address a, a tweet I made the other day that got a lot of people up in arms, and uh, it was off. Here's, here's the tweet that the, the individual G-Men prod sent. He said, sports media is just like regular media. They're there, they're there to cause problems and panic. I get all my info from Giants content creators on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And that prompted me at that point to respond, LOL, you mean you get your info from the people that steal the information plus profit benefit from our hard work? Cool. Now, what I'm talking about, what I was referring to here is, look, you're telling me you get all your Giants info from Twitter, Instagram, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, okay? now. When stuff like Mark Colombo getting fired and then all the details coming out and everybody making content off that, a lot of times, and I see it all the time, trust me, because these people, it pops up on my Instagram feed. There's Instagram accounts out there, and this is kind of what I was referring to, that basically put together a a slide. It says breaking. They take whatever you wrote. They take it and they cut and paste it in there. They don't use your name. And trust me, there's, there's hundreds of these accounts on Instagram. This is what I was kind of referring to. And they just take your information and use it so that they can create their Instagram page. And it's Giants talk, insider, you know, butthole, whatever. You know, and it has this crazy name and it throws the word Giants in there. And these accounts, essentially, I know there's like, there's, there's tons of them out there. They aggregate what, you, what a bunch of people, you know, the information that we work hard to get a lot of times. And they take it, they throw it up. And it's on their site. And then they, these sites have like 20, 30, 50,000 followers. 
and really all they're doing is is stealing stuff and making you know uh, slides and pictures and 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 stuff and throwing it on their account. You know, talking blue insider now. You know, on Instagram. I mean, there's a gazillion of these pages. So that's kind of what I was referring to. Uh, now I know there's tons of you guys out there. There's a lot of people out there that create good content to do film reviews. I was talking about news news stuff. That's what that's what my uh, my tweet was referring to was the news and information that I that we're getting that I'm getting from sources. It's not just me. There's other people out there, obviously, getting information. I'm just you know part of the system. I'm just another cog in the system. Uh, you know, I, and I don't think I'm better than everybody else. I, trust me, I do I absolutely do not. I know what my part in the system is, and that's being having access to coaches, having access to players, having those relationships with people in the front office, in the locker room, so that I can get this information and then I can relay it to the next level. And look, I'm all for people then, you know, making content and reacting off it. At the same time, I would like that individual to, to acknowledge that I that I did report the information that I did that because, you know, these things don't just happen by accident. People are working their butt off. I'm putting years into it to cultivate these relationships so that I can get this information. It's why some of us get to this point. We're able to get that information. So that's what I was referring to. I'm not talking to the people who do the breakdowns and and create quality content, you know, humorous content. Uh, like, you know, I like guys like Bobby Skinner out there who I, I watch that kind of stuff, too. I keep my eye on it. It's good stuff. You know, I mean, to each their own, as long, especially if you're creating unique content. I always tell people when they say, what would you do if I, if uh, you were me? You know, and I always say the goal is how can you provide something that someone else isn't right? And that's where I found, you know, my niche right now, my role is that I can get information that a lot of people can't. Now, if you don't have the access that I do or the context you do, how can you then? So film breakdown is one way to do it. Uh, you know, break breakdown of things that happen in game. Like, yeah, you can, you have that access. You can have that access without talking to the individuals involved. So I fully appreciate the work. And there's a lot of people out there that do good work, that bust their butt and they're trying to make it and trying to climb up from the bottom, uh, you know, starting out. Like, and I did the same thing. I wrote for blogs people knew, d- didn't know about. I, I tried to do as much as possible. I worked for newspapers, you know, like I said, answering phones. Uh, uh, I learned how to do all kinds of layout and graphics. You know, I learned Photoshop on my own to try to try and grind my way. I was always looking for ways to say, okay, how do I get to the point where I can then cover football for a living? Because that was my goal for a while. I said, and, and I got turned down a good 50 times along the way. Easy. Easy. I used to have a list in my draw. I've mentioned this many times. Of people that turned me down. And it was long. It was getting long. So everyone out there, YouTubers, uh, Instagram, look, keep grinding. Keep doing hard work. If you work hard enough, you'll be successful in this business. That's my advice to everybody. I do not think I'm better than you. We each have our own uh, role in this you know, sports NFL coverage ecosystem. I know where my role is. I know I earned it and worked my way up. You have your role. You do your thing. Work your way up. I hope you're all successful. If you work hard enough, I'm confident you will be. Let's get into the game real quick. Game prediction. I actually like the Giants in this one. Even with the five and a half, they're playing a quarterback who 
has very little NFL experience in Brandon Allen. So uh, he's expected to start, I believe, as we sit here on Wednesday afternoon. I was reported by uh, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network first, I be- uh, believe, on Wednesday morning. So, yeah, I like the Giants in this game. Give me 23-13. Their defense has been pesky. It's It'll do enough to keep the Bengals a min- offense minimi- minimized. And the Giants will do what they do. They'll score around 20 points. They'll move the ball up and down. They're not the... They're not this huge play team. Uh, they'll sprinkle in a huge play here or there. They'll run the ball a lot. They'll go Wayne Gallman, Wayne Gallman. You know, they'll pound Wayne Gallman. And if they run the ball successfully, their offense will be able to move up and down the field. It won't lead to a great ton of points. Daniel Jones hasn't shown that he's going to throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns at any point this season. So, yeah, Giants will get to 23. They'll make a big defensive play. They'll make a, a turnover or two. And they'll even probably overcome a turnover or two from Daniel Jones this week, right? This is the one week where they could actually have that turnover or two, and they're still probably good enough, better than the opponent, where they can then overcome that. So I got the Giants 23-13 in this one. And that'll wrap up this Thanksgiving episode of Breaking Big. Blue, as always, tell your friends, this podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Uh, Give us a good rating, Uh, you know, five stars. Feedback, always welcome. And reach out to me, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email. You know how you know how to find me. I'm always open to try and answer your questions. I answer a lot of people's questions, even if it's not Giants After Dark on Instagram all the time. So feel free to fire them this way on anything, everything and everything. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. Everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Find something good for Black Friday. See you next time.